0: This is the Jason Kavnis Experience, hosted by Jason Kavnis. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business,
1: people, leadership, HR, and how each guest strives to be great every day. Hello, and welcome to the Jason Kavnis Experience. I'm your host, Jason Kavnis. The Jason Cabinets Experience is brought to you by Cabinets HR. At Cabinets HR, we deliver HR to companies with four you nine or fewer people. Cabinets HR focus on your business if you've got your HR. Our guest today is Helene Therobo. Helene, are you ready to be great today? Uh, yes. And did I say your first name right, at least?
0: Not at all, but don't worry, I'm used to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How do you say your first name again?
0: Well, the H is silent. So you typically okay. say Hélène. Elaine, uh, You know, I've been called Elaine, Elaine, Elaine. So as long as I understand it's for me, don't worry.
1: Okay. Elaine is a driven technologist and business entrepreneur who thrives on solving complex puzzles, unifying technology, business, and environment. Because of her love for technology and her strong belief that it can be successfully applied to create practical solutions to, to environmental problems, she created a business consulting firm Regrow, Te- Regrow Green Tech, Eileen, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me there.
1: And right now you're in the Bay Area? Correct. Well, you pretty much travel all over the place, right?
0: Yeah. I, you know what's interesting about green technology is you find innovation coming really from a lot of different locations. And if you think about innovation, right, innovation tends to arise when people are in need. So you find, for example, in terms of water conservation, in terms of resource conservation, great innovation coming from India. Australia also, the birth of permaculture in terms of regenerative agriculture, in terms of, uh, again, like more regenerative solution using technologies also leading the space. So when you talk about green technology, because it touched so many domain, you can pretty much find innovation all over the world.
1: So that's a good point. It kind of off the subject some like... Those those great people doing great things all over the world, right? It doesn't matter where you're at.
0: I totally agree. And that's the beauty of the world we're living in today because you can find some small startup with very interesting technology in places that you would not necessarily expect, right? We all think about Silicon Valley as the birth of innovation. But with technology and with globalization of technology, you find extremely interesting innovation, especially in terms of environment and solution for a better future, coming
1: from a lot of different places. And that's the point I was going to bring up, like these VCs, they're mainly in San Francisco, New York, Boston, like little tiny networks. A lot of times it seems like, you know, if you're not in the Bay Area, we're not going to invest in you, right? And how do we get away from that? You know, And now with the COVID-19 going on, they have to do Zoom meetings. It's kind of getting better, I think. But I went to a a, a pitch competition like a a month ago and the VCs admitted like before COVID-19, they would never have done a Zoom meeting, right? They would have made people fly forever to the office in the Bay Area, right? I think they're missing out on this talent in like these little towns all over the world, aren't they?
0: Well, you know, it didn't take five to ten years to build Silicon Valley, right? If you think about the birth of Silicon Valley, there was four guys, four founders, passionate about driving innovation, driving technology. And over the years, Silicon Valley become this really large hub for investing, innovation, and so on. Truth is, you know, Silicon Valley tends to have some... Um, very specific rules about investing, they tend to invest in specific key technology. Um, They tend to look at metrics that are really extremely focusing on growth, specific amount of growth. So for very early stage company, if you're not like like saying your green technology company and you're trying to find a solution for um like waste, for example, that may not be aligned with the key focus of Silicon Valley and that's just to what it is, right? And you may not be at the point where you have generated enough income to catch attention. So I think, um, you know, uh, a good approach in life, in my opinion, is to be kind of like constructive and collaborative. Silicon Valley has definitely a very large amount of resource that people still go through. If you're very early stage, and if you're in an area which differs from the main technology line that Silicon Valley invest in, Maybe you're better off looking at other ecosystem in the world where the perception and the mindset are maybe different.
1: Yes. Your company is a, a B corporation. What, yeah. is a, what is a B corporation? I don't think most people know what it is. I you you're the LLC, C corporation, what is a B corporation?
0: Oh, well, there's two different types. We, legally, we are a benefit corporation. There's B corp benefit corporation, and there is a traditional corporation, and there is different business law and tax code around it. So when we started We Grow Green Tech, our objective was to really articulate the fact that we're not solely after growth. We have impact as well. We have a mission statement. Basically, we want, in the same time we grow business, we want to grow impact. And a benefit corporation is a traditional corporation, so follow the same legal rules, but it's also tagged with the concept of a mission statement. So every year, you basically have to prove to your shareholders that you have executed on your mission. And I think a B Corp is the next level where you have additional um, legal statutes that you have to get. Like the largest B Corp is Danone. Um, they have taken a lot of initiative to be environmentally friendly. You find more and more. So, so the concept of B Corp is really something that is quickly emerging. Uh, I was part of a platform in Austin, for example. Naturally, Austin, they're trying to push more and more small companies to become P-Corp, to adopt environmental practices, sustainable practices. So I think it's something you're going to see more and more. Um, Benefit Corporation is still, depending on the state you live in, is still like, still at like has not been fully matured, like in the state of California, for example, laws keep evolving every year on what is exactly a benefit corporation. But to simplify, the benefit corporation is a corporation with a mission statement. You're just not developing just a solution for growth and to make money. There's an impact, there's a mission statement behind it. And it can be social, it can be environmental, right? Like you have different types of benefit corporation.
1: From your point of view, is being a B corporation making it easier or harder to build your company?
0: I think, you know, from a tax standpoint, from a legal standpoint, it, it is not, at that point, we haven't found to be a benefit corporation extremely efficient in terms of legal or tax protection because the laws have not been fully developed yet. It's more we're doing that from a moral and ethics standpoint because we really strongly believe about pushing both impact and growth. I think moving forward, you're going to see more and more um, uh, probably regulation around benefit and benefit corporation allow you to kind of make some claim, maybe have some specific tax uh, deduction. It's not really the case today, but I think if you think um, about food, for example, food and beverage, anything that relates to consumer, right? And Danone is a great idea, for example. Being big Corp, when you see an emerging trend in consumers, like the latest generation, they're going to buy only if they trust the product. The Millennium Corporation, they buy if they can find facts that justify that it is a good product. The next generation, the trend is more about we buy because we trust the product, because we have the same culture, because this company is doing the right thing. So, you know, as we as we, as the consumer evolved, right at the, at the more and more demographic change, I think you're gonna see a change also in terms of company. Like they're gonna, they're probably gonna have to evolve to to take more sustain, to become more sustainable, to to have legal structures that include a, a piece about impact about what are we doing for this planet because consumers are gonna push for it.
1: So. What makes a company a green tech company? I'm sure someone just can say, hey, <laughs> uh, I, I have a, a, a tow truck company and I'm a green tech company, right? What?
0: Well, yeah, potentially they uh-huh. could, right? right? Yeah, Be- they could, yeah. Because I mean, you know, like when I introduced, uh, when, when I call this company, We Grow Green Tech, it's really funny because so I would go talk to a lot of people and then we always think, oh, you're in clean tech. Clean tech being renewable energy, solar. And green technology is a fa- is a sector that is really large. It's a basic. If you can see green technology, that's any technology that remediates to a problem that we have introduced to our environment. So, under green technology, suddenly it's not only about renewable energy. We have today we have so many environmental challenges that we're facing. We have a food supply that is not sustainable. We have too much carbon in the air. We have too much plastic everywhere. We have a soil that has been entirely degenerated. The United Nations is estimating we have only 60 years of topsoil left. And after that, psh, kaput, no more food. So um, that's what I think it's a fascinating place because green technology is touching so many sectors, right? The way we eat today, for example, entirely unsustainable. We have developed a food system entirely around the meat industry. Why did we do that? Because when we take this decision 50 years ago, it was very profitable. That was the way we could really start moving profit really quickly. So we start orchestrating an agriculture system around the meat system with the concept of single crop, not diversifying. And so that slowly came up with degeneration of the soil, using more and more pesticide, using way more natural resource than we could, meaning that we depleted more and more or planet instead of regenerating. And so all of this, um, we started this book called The Donut Economics, which actually explained the principle in a beautiful way, meaning that we've pushed growth for many decades and it serves the United States extremely well. It made it the powerful countries that it is today. But you can't, we don't have infinite resource. Now we're starting to reach the point where we can't push it further. It's about time to bring solution to make things more efficiently, right? That's where digital technology takes place. Um, create regenerative solution, create a circular model economy. So all of these concepts that are slowly emerging are going to be key in the next, uh, in the next decades.
1: So you, you talk about some very complex problems. Correct. <laughs> Let's suppose you have the power to fix one. Like, maybe you just take care of one problem uh, just one. Which one problem would you say you'd want to take care of and fix?
0: So, you see, when I started the company, I, there's things that I really care about, right? And we tend to, to work on things that we really care about. However, like if you think about all the problems we're facing today, right? You have the United Nations has released sustainable goal. The sustainable goal were established by hundreds of global thinkers that decided this is what we want to do. This is what we should do as a nation, right? So where we have to work has already been defined. What needs to happen now is a practical implementation, and it's not one solution. It's hundreds and thousands of solutions that needs to be developed. So when you look at it that way, right, it, it's not one person's job. That's a country's job. That's a nation's job. That's different people working on different solutions. Um, so we tend to look at, because we're a business and we're really strongly focusing on impact and growth, right, financial growth, we tend to look at market when there is large opportunity and we tend to also look at where market is already ripe for it, right? Like, um, there is, like in terms of, for example, plastic, right, there's a lot of changes, new material that needs to happen. It's a very complex ecosystem. So these areas that are going to have very long cycles, some that are going to have a shorter cycle based on customer traction that you see. So the the strategy is to really look at if you really want to be efficient. First of all, it's not about fixing the whole thing because it's, it's too much work, but that's identifying key piece, for example, in the supply chain or for a specific problem where you can really start making a small impact. Because the way we're going to fix this problem is by you know, like it's like a little drop, each drop in the ocean counts, right? It's by like fixing, going at, at a, a very engineer approach, going to take a problem, fixing it, and then kind of like moving to the, to, to the next solution. So that's kind of our approach is very, my, being an engineer, my approach is very practical. It's like, okay, finding the problem that I can do something about it, right? There's a lot of things that I wish I could do, but if it's, it's too long, if it's too complicated, then then I'm not going to go into it.
1: Uh, I think there's a perception out there that if you're pro-environment, you have to be anti-business. If you're pro-business, you have to be anti-environment. Can't you be both? can you be pro-environment and pro-business? Isn't there a way to do that?
0: Oh, it is a very interesting book. I will have to find you the name. I, I don't have it right now. From a, from a guy that has been pushing green technology as business. And it's exactly what he faced like, for decades, um, especially in the United States. It seems like if you care about the environment, and I've seen that talking to people, right? The first reaction that we get, oh, she's kind of nice, but yeah, right? So it's like you go tree hugger. And I think that was true to some, to some extent because I did, through all the work that I did, meeting with all the company, I find passionate people that love the environment But, you know, sometimes they tend to miss practicality or having having the foot on the ground, right? Like, say, how do we approach it from a business standpoint? But what you see today, which is really fascinating, is I'm meeting more and more extremely savvy business people that have quit very prestigious position, extremely skilled. They decided, I'm going to go tackle this problem and I'm going to make it a business, and I'm going to grow this business. And that's extremely moving. When you, when you hear these people's story, people that are educated, very successful, they decided they're going to, you know, left a six-digit salary behind, very comfortable position to go tackle a problem by creating a company. So more and more today, what you see is an emergence of solutions that are practical, that are using leading technology, that have a clear path to market with large opportunity, with a very strong team, and that's the that's I think an evolution that I've seen in the last ten years. You're really starting to add extremely talented people working on green technology, and so that's going to make a lot of difference, like moving forward.
1: How do you measure the impact that you're making with you and your company?
0: So it's really interesting. The concept of impact investing is, um, you know, I don't come from finance. I come from engineering, but I really start looking into impact investing with my business partners that come from finance a few years ago. It's a very complex, uh, ambitious project uh, because it involves including a lot of parameters or social or environmental parameters at many layers. Uh, We tend to simplify this approach by working with Company and I'm, work, I'm, I'm actually uh, working on a on a panel on impact investing and green technology, where you could identify somehow simplify impact metrics to be able to articulate uh, the direct correlation between growth and impact. I work, for example, um, in the in the past with this little startup called Washi. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we didn't make it. Uh, the, the, the California experienced seven months rain non-stop, and the concept of the washi was to be an automated, waterless car wash. So, the more car you wash, you're using a solution with no water. The more water you save. We were doing quite well in Sudany We had seven months of rain, so no business for seven months, and that was enough to kind of like counteract the company growth. But the principle was very interesting, right? It was the more you could articulate the impact easily, because each time you wash a car, you generate, let's say, $10 in revenue, right, for each car. Well, you're saving between 40 to 50 gallons of water on average. So suddenly, like articulating an impact specifically to an investor that is looking at, hey, I want to make money, but I also with my money, I want to be able to make an impact. That become an interesting value proposition, easy to understand, right? And there's more and more companies. So I've been starting to work with this company in the East Coast. Uh, they articulate impact metrics for startup. Um, so I've been working with a couple of startups that have delivered impact metrics for the investors. So I think it's something that we're pushing. You know, We grow green tech in our platform. The concept of articulating not only gross matrix, profit, but also the concept of what you impact. And it should be something that people can understand, right? I don't believe in, if it's too complicated, we live in a, in a world right now, especially with COVID-19, or things are getting to be overly complicated. So if you work on things that are too complicated, your chance of success are going to be like, Close to none, right? So it's about simplifying, finding technology where you can articulate uh, the concept of impact in a simple way, because it's directly correlated to the growth to the profit that your company can make.
1: So, how do you balance the impact you're making between the? the I'm sure, like you want to make a certain type of impact, your consumer you would make it maybe another another type of impact, and your board of vice maybe a different type of impact. How do you balance all the different wants and needs from everyone?
0: Uh, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like money is still the main driver. Profit is the main driver. So we're not in the space now and it's like 50-50. So we're looking at company where profit is there, can make a large profit and we articulate and yes, to have an impact, but the main driver being still profit. You have to first pick companies that you think are going to be extremely successful articulating the impact around it and from there. And I think as, we, as the concept of impact investing keeps growing, more and more investors are understanding the concept, are educated about um, what a modern economy should be. Um, if you look, for example, right, look at the financial model we have. To simplify everything, are we taken in account in this financial model of profit that we have, the resources that we're using on our planet? Are we taking in account the pollution that we generate? No, we don't. Are we taking even the impact of society, when you, the impact that you may have on a family? On a, all the financial models that we have, that have been developed, have been solely developed to represent growth. None of them are including ecological and social um, parameters. So something is floating in the picture. It, it can last. It's not sustainable, right? Served, again, It served us really well for a few decades, making us a very powerful nation. But now the, the road to the future is really to start thinking differently about finance. That's where my business partner is working on. Um, you know, and, and I think it's still a very long road where you're going to need to have many people working on a better financial model, financial system, so I think as of today, you have to be humble and say, okay, can I at least articulate the concept of impact, right? Can I start educating people, um, make them understand where we can move toward a better, a better society?
1: So, so next question. So for your company, you focus on six verticals. Right. Why did you choose these six verticals?
0: Well, we're constantly evolving, right? There's vertical... Um, I'm a poetic person, so initially I was like, I'm going to relate the business vertical to the four elements, you know, to like air, water, or the earth, the wind, right? And then I wanted to talk, I was trying to derive from it with my business partner. And then we we went way more practical, obviously. Uh, we started looking at United Nations Sustainable Goal. Um, Existing innovation. What are the more crucial need? So when we came up with this six vertical, we identified potential area where we want to work on. Then in the, ne- in the next, the last two years, what we did is really refine as far as what can we. It's about finding the right technology, the right traction, making success story. So we have evolved into really looking more into what's what's the most what's the most urgent things to fix what's the common, do we have technology the readiness of the technology uh, do we have companies that are interested that we think that we have a chance to scale up right so i think from there it's constantly evolving and if you look at our environment it's constantly evolving too right like the things are changing so rapidly like from an environmental standpoint what's interesting is you have we're seeing like clear air, right? Like we see we we, we tend to regenerate to less carbon, so the nature seems to be regenerating itself. But at the other hand, because we have to use masks, glove, single use plastic is up to the roof. Once we're gonna get out of the COVID nineteen, the plastic problem is still the the, 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 the problem that we have is single use plastic in the ocean, everywhere, is still there, right? So it's a matter of being dynamic and also understanding the market is shaping quickly and how do you how do you adapt and find the right solution.
1: So I think a lot of people tell you that most consumers would prefer to go spend money with a company that's doing something good for the earth or good in general, right? Is this actually true?
0: I truly believe it is. But if you think about the world we live in today, right? There's a lot of... From an economic standpoint, people have to, on a day to day, we, we've built extremely strong consumer pattern. We used to convenient things. Now everything has to be convenient. Go tell somebody, Oh, you have to bring your Tupperware everywhere you go so that you don't use any plastic. That's nice. But most people, they have kids. They have jobs. They have sometimes free jobs. They want to do the the right thing, but it, it, they can't, right? Because it's just too many things to do, too many data. So the truth to success is really looking at how do you make it easy for people? Because yes, they want to do it, but are they really going to make the extra effort to do what it takes? That, I don't know, right? I think we're getting to be more and more lazy, right? Through technology, which is great. But I think uh, the, the trick is to really look at how do you make it easy for consumers? And the, the beauty of the decade we live in, think about all the technologies that we developed, right? You have AI, VR, blockchain, big data, in biotechnology, amazing amount, the race of biomimicry. So we're entering a world where we know have the technology to do so many things, but are we using it the right way? To me, personally, I love technology, but I'm not interested in driving technology on working with other people on the next technology, that's not going to resolve the problem we have today. We we so far off, having created a world that is not sustainable. Now it's the time to say, oh, we have this amazing amount of technology. We have people that are never been as smart as of today. How can we connect all these resources together and make a long lasting impact? Right, and I think. It's it's gonna be an exciting time because the next decade you're gonna see a fight between the way we used to work, corporation doing business a certain way, and an emergence type of technology consumers where we should go, what we should do, and I think it's gonna be it's going to be an interesting decade to kind of see the changes that are gonna happen.
1: So. Talking about like AI, deep learning, machine learning, AR, VR. I think when most people hear these concepts awards, they don't think about the environment, right? How do you make that mind shift to have them think that you know, these, these platforms can be used to, f- to help solve these problems?
0: So it's really interesting, right? Because I've noticed I, I live in, uh, right now I live in Marin County and a lot of people in Marin County have the concept that technology is evil because it broke all the problem. Well, you can turn it around, right? Technology is also bringing, connecting all of us together, bringing amazing solutions in our planet. Think about solar energy. Why were we able to scale solar energy? Because through amazing technology, we were able to reduce like cost in 10 years by something like 90%. Suddenly, so it was cheaper than fossil fuel, enabling us to really start using. A more sustainable, renewable energy. You see the same thing with the concept of AI, for example, right? Like AI is enabling you robotics, IoT uh, through IoT and AI, right? The concept of uh, farming technology. You can be more precise. You can save resources. You can save water. You can, if you, you can be, um, you can be way more efficient. The concept of efficiency. Uh, through technology, in agriculture or in other domain or in supply chain, the concept of digital transformation—all of this are going to be enabling us to reduce carbon, reduce the resources that we use, and be more efficient. There's also an emergence of, um, you know, we always talk about digital technology, and that's been like the trend. Silicon Valley is has been uh, extremely strong in that concept. That's how they became very successful. But there is so there is also a beautiful amount of complexity in nature, right? Through biomimicry, biotechnology. Think about the microbiome, right? I'm working on a company, a microbiome um, which is brand new type of ingredient for the gut. This is fascinating what we're finding about the microbiome, about the gut. We're finding that they they the, the microbes in our gut actually be preceding some of the impulse that are in our brain. We're finding correlation between obesity and the microbes that are in the brain. But a lot of disease, a lot of uh, psychological disorder between what is in our gut and the way we are. So I, I think the the what what I, in the future it's a very interesting um, world that we're creating because you're gonna have through AI VR, for example, you talk VR. When VR was introduced, it was for video game. So I'm like, well, not sure if we really like creating a technology that makes huge impact. It's, it's, like, it's allowing people to have fun, but does it make a huge impact for our planet? I was not that impressed, right? And then I went to the lab in Stanford, VR, where they were trying to create awareness for people, for our environment. They created this video. Were you under the ocean around coral and you see the coral reef kind of slowly being attacked and depleted and you feel it, right? And it makes you so much more aware. Like I can tell you for 10 hours, trying to convince you about something that you're not really convinced about. It's going to take a long time for me to convince you about something. If you already have your mindset on something, if I make you feel it, then the process to, as you create awareness in people is greatly accelerated. And, and so through this type of technology, you can really create solution, create consumer uh, awareness, right? Like people, like sometimes they just don't know. So how can you blame people if they don't know if they don't know the what's going on? other think of the st- some technologies that are enabling us to create solution that couldn't exist today for sorting, for example, right? You can do sort, like I live in Marin County again, and I have to recycle. You know, I have a PhD in microelectronics and I can't figure out how to sort correctly, right? Like, is it plastic? Where does it go and so on? That's where the use of technology is starting to be very be really efficient because through AI, through robotics, through video recognition, you can start doing a better job at sorting and be able to create a circular model. So that's a great use of technology right there, right? So uh, I think the, the, what you're going to see more and more is startup using the concept of technology, you know, and AI, machine learning, all of these are really acronyms. They, they, they all point to software programming, right? And but we're just getting to the next level and getting more advanced. Um, and, and so that can be used to define solution, very intelligent solution for a better future.
1: So how long ha- how long have you been involved with, involved with startups?
0: Roughly. Uh, so I left corporation uh, four years ago, roughly. So I've been working with a ton of startup, right? Um, kind of learning. Uh, so more, a lot of them failed, right? To be honest. So you learn a lot about, you know, I think you learn the best when you make a lot of mistakes. And from there, like you realize, ah, this is how it's being done and so on. And, uh, you know, working in a startup world is extremely, I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs because what I find out, you know, I, I was used to be working corporation for 20 plus years, experienced a lot of different domains. And when I worked, at, I came at startup, I was like, oh, this is like this, this is like this, this is like this. But the viability in startup every day is something that happened. Every day you have to shift, you have to be dynamic. Yeah, there's things that are entirely out of your control that can entirely destroy your company. So it's a very, it's a big lesson of humility. These people taking, decided one day to create a company, uh, to move it forward. Um, it's very time and resource demanding. I met a lot of founders and that dedicate all their day, day to all the, all the time and resource to the company. They're very passionate. So I think, um, to me, it's been a, it's been a beautiful, gross experience, not, not only in terms of business, but in terms of people. Because it's so much emotion, you really experience all type of reaction. I've experienced things working with startup that I would have never experienced in corporation when it's all kind of like defined and protected, right? So it's a great life lesson as well.
1: Yeah, you can bring a good point. People always say, you know, don't look at it as a, as a failure. Look at it as like, you learn a no lesson, you know, and make, learn from it and say, sometimes I'm like, I have a start myself. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm tired of learning, right? I'm, 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 I'm tired <laughs> of learning. I want to do something right.
0: I feel the same. Believe me. At times time, I'm like, how oh, is this so complicated? That's resilience, right? That's yeah. going to make successful. And I always come to Edison. you know how many times there's a legend that say, how many times Edison failed? before he came up with an electric ball. The legend say 1,000 times. So I'm like, okay, I guess I still have way to go. <laughs> 1,000 times, right? It's kind of a lot.
1: Can you talk some about your entrepreneur journey? Like, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur and what your thought process was, that, was was like that?
0: That's a really personal experience. So while I was working in corporation, um, out of the blue, I started having um, a very big amount of pain a problem um, i was at the in my body at the shoulder level and i tried for a few months to keep doing my job to keep um, keeping my private life to keep moving forward and i couldn't i really the pain was just like the you know i tried i went to see many doctors nothing worked so i had to stop and you know, like when I was pretty much defined by my career, I put a lot of me into that. And so when I find myself having to stop because I I couldn't find a solution for my pain, this, even if I was too born and I wanted to keep going, I went back to friends with family for a few months and I, I worked all my life. I never took a um, few months off. So it was a good way for me to reconnect with my family also. And that gave me the time to think about What do I really want to do? And and I realized I was in a time of my life where I've always been close to the environment. I grew up in a little town. My parents were gardening. I come from a strong lineage of land people um, and food. And so to me, it's it's something close to my heart. And I started really looking about where are we going as as a nation, as a society? And to me, it was clear that we're not... We're not going in the right direction. We go, if we keep going that way, it's just destruction. We keep consuming way too much. We're not regenerating anything. And we're hurting this planet that is our essence. That is our roots, right? So how do, we, can, how do we do things differently? And I decided to go on a world trip. As I was feeling a little better. And like, I'm not going to come back just the way I came. You know, because it was kind of a tragic, really hard experience. And I decided I was going to go on a world trip. And I had two rules. The first rule was I'm always going to go east, right? Because I have to get closer to San Francisco the whole way. And I'm going to move to places that are moving my heart, that are so very strong in history, very strong in, in poetry, kind of like to reconnect to this side of me that I kind of lost over the years working so heavily with technology corporation. And, you know, as I was getting closer to my destination, you know, I went to Greece, I went to Australia, uh, I went to Turkey, I I did Helen of Troy, you know, I went to Troy kind of like, (laughs) just a little fun with it. And then I realized we have an amazing planet. We really do. And I met amazing people on this journey from all kinds, you know, some very smart, some very simple, some farmers. Some technology, some artists. And I, when I came back, something has changed in me. I wanted to work on something that where I could be an instrument of change. And you know, it doesn't have to be really big. We created this company was initially two people. Now we have a few partners and we're starting to have a few company on our know, platform and we're moving along. But the idea was to be, how can I become one of this instrument of change? Doing a little something, doing my part. To change the world right in a better direction and it's been an amazing journey it's been really harsh it's been challenging i experienced a lot of like a hard moment of deception because you know as you you say when when we want to build something that's hard we're going to fail but this is also how we're going to grow and we're going to become bigger people right because because we we inspired because we worked through something bigger than us and I think it's been a beautiful journey. I got to meet you. I got to meet other inspiring people that, to me, it's just a journey in itself right there is 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 beautiful. To find this community of people that have decided, we're going to do great business. We're going to do business, but we're going to do it in a different way. That is going to promote a better world, better society. And, and that's not only me. That's a movement that... You know, the, the, the more I work in this area, like I'm attending an event next Monday and I've already met so many people that think alike. And that's really, that's really interesting because that's not what we see in a day today, day, right? In a day today, we see a lot of despair, we see a lot of, and we all wondering, where are we going? But that's not, there's another side to the coin. There's a, many, more and more people I decided to work constructively together toward a better future.
1: Did you do like a video blog while you were traveling? Nope. <laughs> no, no. Any kind of blog or anything, like any document text or anything?
0: No, it was kind of a personal journey, really. So I, it was like, you know, I don't know if you ever, ever have one of those when you, you kind of reconnect with things and you gain, you gain better visibility. You know where you are, you know what you want. And I uh, think to me that was like, that, that's what happened during this, during this journey.
1: If you could go back a time to when you started becoming an entrepreneur, what advice would you give yourself?
0: Be strong, be persistent, <laughs> <laughs> be resilient, be ready for it. Because, you know, when I arrived, I was kind of like, I, I don't know if it was when you started your company, it was the same. But I was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, I, I, I plan, it's going to be work perfectly. And I, I tend to be a little perfectionist, right? So I failed so many times and I learned to be humble thinking well okay this is not I guess it doesn't work that way so I need to do it another way right and so I had some strong life lesson and I think this is my lesson is be what's gonna make you successful is resilience resilience and drive right never lose focus on your mission don't listen to people um on like what your mission is if you're really convinced listen to people to get advice and change strategy and so on you need to but it's about Being focused and being resilient.
1: I think I read or heard somewhere that the only unsuccessful entrepreneurs are the ones who quit.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Well, you know, it's like it's like you stock, right? When you buy stock, as long as you don't sell your stock, you never lose money, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's It's all the same.
1: So you've already talked about your company a lot, or some. Can you like go into more detail about what what how the company started? What's your vision for the company, and what do you, what do you want to? How do you want to impact the world?
0: Well, you know, right now we live in a world that is extremely difficult to move because you have a lot of players. We all because we're all connected. So the 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 platform when we started, we were very ambitious. Um, so we quickly saw that we had to be more practical about our approach. So the, 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 the platform concept and a lot of it is proprietary information. So I can't share too much. We, I spend a very large amount of time observing startup and uh, developing mechanism and, and, um, and process that I think could be quite useful. But the idea is really, um, you know, the concept of circle. In group of people to support it, right? Like, I think it's the, the mass that is going to create a difference. So starting small, starting building success stories with the companies that we have on the platform, starting to educate people on impact investing, starting to, and I think as you, more and more people are going this kind of work today. So it's all about connecting everyone in, and expanding. It's so much work that needs to be done, so much money to be making that space. I think, um, I, I'm not, to, to me, I think it's, um, it's about sharing, right? So I'm not like the concept of building very large unicorn, uh, you know, it, it's, we, we're doing, it's something that needs to happen for all of us. So this, we have an approach that is very collaborative. And it's about making it, building success story, being practical, making an impact. And it doesn't, if you, it's about finding the right scale, right? Like as we're starting, this company is still fairly new. So we have got an amazing growth. But I think right now we're working on the field where we can make an impact and a contribution. And as we grow further, um, right now we're getting more and more people interested in us in funding and in in, in joining the platform. I think we will start reaching to new height and adjust from there. It's it's about having a growth that is organic, right? Because when you grow too fast, then you see what's happening in the market today. These companies that have grown really fast, now they're breaking. Because it's just nature doesn't work that way. And maybe I'm going against the trend of Silicon Valley and in other location, but any company that is gonna be in business and gonna last for a long time is a company that's gonna walk, sh- that's gonna grow sustainably, right? Not if you grow if you take too many shortcuts and grow too fast, you you're not gonna be sustainable.
1: And you also do some work for, and I'm gonna butcher this name, but you do some work for the Bio Mimicry Institute. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't work directly for the Biomimicry Institute, which is like uh, mostly research and looking at uh, students and feeling innovation. I work to the business side of the Biomimicry Institute with uh, a gentleman called Jacques Shirazi. And so the idea is what you find in biomimicry quite often is an extremely good idea, right? Technology, concept, and the next level is to commercialize it. And that's where typically where a lot of very promising ID don't make it uh, because the commercialization aspect is extremely complicated, right? It's like the idea may be great in a sense, but it may not be applicable as a solution for corporation in terms of cost, in terms of practicality. So that's when I started working with the Biomimicry Institute. Like I've been working with two companies now, deriving from a biomimicry concept. One is an advanced material space. The other one is in the renewable energy space. Same thing. Like, and, but these two companies, we were able to start commercializing, commercializing them, right? Making them a reality. Because in biomimicry, as I say, um, you had a lot of work on the design and the material. If you look, um, not too many, and sadly, not too many of this idea, end up being product, being success. And that's kind of what we want to work on.
1: That's fine. And um, can you, uh, you uh, share your social media for you and your company so people can reach out to you?
0: Yeah. So right now, the company, the website is Uh We haven't spent too much time on the social media piece yet. We are about to build an Instagram. So we're going to be building this summer on Instagram site and, our, um, and a podcast. Uh, to basically talk. The the goal of this podcast will be to portray all these amazing entrepreneurs that I met every day because they, they... I like to think of them as like these really hard workers working in stealth mode um, that are not getting recognition or light where really they, they're the true heroes, they're the true people working on the planet of tomorrow, right? Taking all the risk, taking spending all the resources getting frustrated but still moving forward so I have a lot of admiration for these people
1: and y'all listening for share our social media links in our show notes and you can find the show notes at www.cavernistageable.com and be sure to sh- share this episode with your friends and everyone in your network so what can, at the end of our talk can you provide us any advice on wisdom on anything you want to talk about
0: what can I say we grow green tech you need to win it that's my new view <laughs> That's my new view sentence. So I adopting it.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
1: And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Remember to be great every day.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason
1: Kavnis Experience. Be sure to connect with us across social media at Kavnis HR. Thank you. And remember to be great every day. Don't you know, bump it up.
0: You've got to pump it up. Don't you know, bump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up! You got you pump it up! Don't you know? Pump it up! You got to pump it up! Don't you know? Pump it up! You got it up. Don't you know,